This is Alan. This is Brandon. And welcome to D6 Minutes, the companion podcast to Dice Over Everything, where we choose a bunch of topics and talk about them for as long as the dice decide. All right, here's the question that makes you either feel good about yourself or bad about yourself. What have you been up to for hobbying this week? Just grabbing the dice. It's I've very got hard. Dice. I put it in a bucket. Oh, okay. So you've been cleaning right. up, sure. <laughs> Throwing dice all over the table. Needs to. Four minutes. That's a decent oh. amount of time. All right. All right. So I have actually been working almost entirely on the army builder for our game. Mm-hmm. So I know that's maybe not directly hobby related, but uh, it's been kind of a pain just to try to deploy it out there. Um, and I've struggled a lot, and I'm sure we will talk about that afterwards, after the podcast is over. Uh, okay. But it's probably boring talking about the infrastructure. But uh, the good thing is, the the army builders up there. So uh, you know, the next time we play test, we can use the army builder for looking at our uh, armies and stuff, and rather probably figure to, out. Yeah. Other than having to write things out by hand or like copying pasting things like plebs. Mm-hmm. Yep. And uh, we'll probably immediately realize that the data is outdated because we did a bunch of changes that I didn't put into it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's basically all I've been doing. Also continuing to paint my uh, Vanguard inventory for, for the Vanguard army for our game, Blood of Stars. Yeah. Uh, and the kind of marinish ones, yeah. Yeah, I decided just to uh, just to get them done. Well, yeah, <laughs> I, I think I was putting too much with, effort. Yeah. I was tasked with painting any that are to be used for photography, so that's off your plate. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I'll probably uh, I'll probably just complete them very, very quickly. There's 20 of them. I think I'll, I'll probably just end up finishing 15 or so and then call it good. Mm-hmm. How about you? Oh, I have actually finished building terrain. I don't know. I felt like spending was spending months building terrain. Maybe it wasn't that long. It just felt like it. But uh-huh. I was building terrain for a revamping some of our store club terrain for Infinity. And mm-hmm. be working on terrain to kind of make a cool-looking table for our game, for photographing, whatever else. So I've moved on to the painting mm-hmm. stages and was doing, like, a bit of test paint colors for, like, what concrete could look like, for what the rock should look like, for what, like, steel will look like. And then just before this, I was doing a whole pile of airbrushing because I want to get the airbrushing step in first before uh-huh. doing the hand painting because otherwise the airbrushing gets all over everything else. And I'm too yeah. lazy to mask anything. The only way I mask is by taking a piece of paper, holding it over the thing I don't want to get hit, and if one piece of paper can't block it, it's too much masking work for me. That that totally makes sense. I I feel similarly, but about airbrushing entirely. So (laughs) I just use a big brush. I actually, for the the piece of terrain I did for, Mm -hmm. um, I guess, a couple weeks ago, uh, for the last uh, Infinity Tournament, I just used a big brush for that. I sprayed it, used a big brush, used a bunch of washes, actually uh, contrast paints, ran out of mm-hmm. that. That was actually pretty quick. Yeah, so I, the approach is basically for all like the natural textured stuff. I want it to be painted. I don't want it to be like airbrush smooth. So that's all yeah. been done with just craft paints and just like uh-huh. washes, base coating, dry yeah, brushing. Any stippling? Oh, um, dry brushing. Nah. Sure. It's supposed yeah. to look a little bit rough, right? Yeah. It's terrain, yeah. 
Yeah, actually, some of the dry brushing is done by, like, to make things muddy, it's done with a dry brush, but just by, like, stippling to get muddy effects on things. The things I airbrushed were things like steel and glass. So, like, uh-huh. oh, I want these to look smooth. And airbrushing is really yeah. quick. As long as you have the airbrush, yeah. like, set up in front of you, which it is in front of me right now, and it just stays there. Otherwise, I would never yeah. be doing any airbrushing. That's fair. Maybe I should get a set up a, a area for that, and, and it would be easier. Mm-hmm. Well, it depends yeah, if you but, want to airbrush. Man, you don't. I better you finish don't, these miniatures before Gen Con. <laughs> that's your other thing on the table. Otherwise, I'm gonna get more stuff. Anyways, uh, that was uh, the four minutes of what we've been working on. Mm-hmm. So now on to the questions. All right, you all go for one. I'll go for one. Uh, sure. I think I mentioned this just just right before, but um. So Gen Con is coming up, or when this podcast will have been released, it has passed. And so my question mm-hmm. will be, for the past us, for the present, to, to present to the future us, uh, what do you think is going to be a hit in Gen Con for miniature gaming? Three minutes. Not, not six. I feel like I've been looking at the new stuff, but I haven't paid too, too much attention. I'm thinking GW might almost try to be a bit more present because they've put so many board game style releases out there. Like uh-huh. they've done their three re- three more board game style releases, which I'm not uh-huh. sure they're coming out in time. But if they had that sort of thing there, I think they could be big hits like the new War Warcry, small, not Warcry, the other one, Underworlds. I think they did an Underworld starter. They did another board game style one with like one marine versus a bunch of termagants coming after them, and then another one with a whole bunch of like heroes doing some sort of like battle royale where you can go up to four players battle royaling. And I think at Gen Con that would actually hit pretty well for audiences. That's that might be more true. I think their big release right now is they're gonna do the I think we talked about it last time the uh, Epic 40k. Yes, you, the question was but Gen I don't Con. Think that's so I'm be like, a hit for I Gen Con. No, I don't think the Gen Con goers who are like more board gamers, more D and Ders, would yep. jump at that so much. And the painters, like, to be fair, those like little GW uh, board games yeah, aren't going to get them. Those, those little tiny things are for um, definitely for game players primarily, and like guys who have big tables and stuff. So I don't, I don't know. I don't really think. I don't think GW is going to to try, but maybe they will try more uh, these days. You know, there's a lot. They've obviously been doing a lot more trying to reach out outside of their core de- demographic, right? Yep. So maybe I would have thought Battlefleet Gothic might have been a good mm. like making a more board gamey with like a smaller board and stuff like that would would be an interesting way to release. But I don't think they're doing that. No, there's a lot of the uh, so, space games you think of. There's a lot of good space board games out there with miniatures, and people are like, yeah, painting painting the miniatures is optional. So, yeah. Um, but you could make you could make a pretty cool like one on one or like one one main and and two small uh, on the other ones as a board game, like where you like just a small game that's with the with a smaller number of of ships, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Just like a, a you know one battle right, and it's more about you know turn left or whatever I don't know something like that anyways, and a smaller kind of piece. So you're thinking that like an underworld's size game 
but using yes, the Battlefield Gothic, just kind of like yes. how Age of Sigmar has an introduction being Underworlds, that they could actually create an introductory board game out of Battlefield Gothic. That would be, yes. that'd be a good way to bring it into the I think that would back. be really cool. Uh-huh. So, Oops. but... Whatever. Anyways, <laughs> mm-hmm. for me, I, I actually... I'm going to Gen Con in just a couple days, or I'll, I will have gone to Gen Con. And yep. the three days before Gen Con, or four days before Gen Con, uh, I will have not thought of really what I'm looking forward to. I'm just going to show up and absorb everything. So I have no idea what's going to be a hit. Anyways, well, there's our three I don't events. feel like there's going to be one, honestly, but we'll see. No, I would have kept going on about what we thought was going to be a hit at Adepticon, how that came true, but... Mm, Maybe we'll just recap and be like, was there a hit at Gen Con this year? Future question. Yep. Okay. All right. So because I've been thinking about building terrain, because I've been building multiple terrain projects at one time, which mm-hmm. I don't know if it's a good idea or a bad idea. It's kind of good to have a break from one. But how do you go about planning out when you do a terrain project? Like I'm talking about more than one piece. I'm talking about like a couple pieces. How do you how do you go about planning that? Got your dice? Yep, one minute. So we're going to have to have one more after this, I think. Uh, So basically how I go about... First of all, I get some inspiration. So I look at a bunch of other things in the same kind of thing. Generally, I just do a a search online. I don't look at real things. I look at at miniature gaming stuff uh, just to get an idea of what I might want to do. And then once I've thought about, about it, then I will... Let's take a some more cursory look at like actual stuff to mm-hmm. see if I want to model like real things. So first thing is miniature stuff that already exists. Then looking at real things once I've decided and seeing if I can I can get uh, some sort of idea. And then I uh, j- just do I even draw out? I used to draw out a bunch of uh, mm-hmm. plans. But a lot of what I do now is I just plan it out and I start like lining it out on pink foam to see what what is the general kind of thing. And then mm-hmm. I just go about doing it. So it's very much just I keep it all in my head. Mm-hmm. But usually usually the planning and the, the thing in my head takes only maybe a couple days kind of thing when I think about it. And I'm much more into just diving in and doing it these days than uh, planning. How about you? Okay, I think I take a different approach, like the inspiration. I kind of go for, like, art stuff first, for, like, the inspiration of what it is. And obviously, like, art's usually not quite as practical for building. So, and then instead of jumping to miniatures after that, I usually jump to, like, real-world things to figure out how you paint this, how it really looks. And then, yeah, I do do, like, pretty detailed diagrams of, like, every side, and then move on to dimensioning them just so I can have the materials. Anyways, we only have a minute, so that's that's the direction I go. I go art, so our second step real. is the same, <clears throat> but our other steps are all different. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. Yeah. Yeah, to me, it's just about fun. Oh, but although, you know what I often do, I could have said, I could have said, and then the next thing I do is a prototype. Because oftentimes when you jump into it, mm-hmm. the first time you do it is kind of crappy. And then you build on that and do more. <clears throat> so mm-hmm. I kind of cheated and put an extra extra time onto the one minute. All right. My next question is... Did I ask this one already? I guess we'll find out. Mm -hmm. Uh, 
Oh, what no, I should cross. The... Yeah, I know. <laughs> this might be a rehash of something we asked before, but <clears throat> what's the coolest sci-fi ranged weapon in miniature games for painting? Hmm, I don't think I remember this one. Okay. Sci-fi <clears throat> ranged weapon. Like... I feel like sniper rifles, just because they, they can be so much less practical looking than real life ones. I was thinking like plasma first because it has glow on it, but I'm like, yeah, I don't uh-huh. really enjoy that. But I think just crazy sniper rifles that no one would have in real life seem... Do, oh, you have to roll a dice, too. Like this is, Oh, sure. Yeah, we, don't, we don't even know where we're going with Three this. minutes. Okay, so that's our last question. It's also, they just have like, you can put lenses on them, which look cool when you paint them. They could have, like, they're big enough, like little guns. You don't have much to work with. When you get big, like a sniper rifle, it could totally be something that someone has, like, customized for themselves. Because there was actually one Roborocket figure that I painted, which is just, like, a bust. And then she's holding a sniper rifle behind her head. And I was like, yeah, this is a really cool weapon to have. And it's just, like, made it all pink and customized with, like, gold and other bits on it and glowing things. So... There's so much that can be done with, like, sniper rifles there. And it exudes power (laughs) and skill. Yes, it's got both of those going for it, too. Yeah, it's it's not like a little weapon. It's like, oh, you could totally take out... It's a futuristic one. It could take out, like, tanks. Uh Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, they often do in sci-fi. Yeah, for me, it is definitely the underslung minigun. Man-portable minigun. Okay. The like the one with like you know the that spins up mm-hmm. and then it's supposed to like shoot a bunch of guns. Does it does it have screw, a belt? Screw the aim part. I does just want all of the power. Uh-huh. Does it need to have a belt or can it just have like an impossible amount of ammunition somehow inside of it? I like having it have a belt. I do okay. like having it, but not a belt. Not a belt that looks like it'll run out. Like a belt that that feeds into like a bag mm-hmm. that implies infinite bullets. If you actually yeah. see the belt and it applies, they only have like, you know, a realistic number of shots, like 40 or something like that, or, mm-hmm. or, or 100 or something. That's stupid. No, no, no. It has to have infinite implied shots with a minigun that's giant, that looks like it should be on a tank or something like that, but a guy's holding it. Because uh, it's sci-fi. And, mm-hmm. yes. and you can be like and, augmented. Exactly, and it's underslung. I love that look. That is my favorite. Mm, that's, a, that's a pretty good one, too. Like, yeah. Yeah, so I guess that's it. Mm-hmm. That is. We hit. We actually hit it right on the 10. All right. In that... No, we did... I think we got 11. Oh, we did, yeah. Oh, well. Uh, better luck next time. One in six. I mean, we never seem to hit the one in six. Uh, yep um all right in that case uh that's basically it for this episode of d6 minutes so if you have any questions you want to send us uh send it uh to contact at diceovereverything.com or find us on facebook we're dice over everything this has been alan it's been brandon bye